Ghostlight. I am one of your hosts, Kate. And I'm Patrick, and I'm here with Kate because I am the co-host of Gaslight. Gaslight. Yeah, Gaslight. That's what we've been telling them the past, (laughs) oh, I don't know, 20 weeks. Ghostlight, excuse me, yes. Ghostlight. It has been a day. Why has it been a day? Because it's just a day, although the sun is shining today. It is shining. It's a Monday. We're recording on a Monday we're recording on a Monday. And yeah, it's supposed to be warm the next couple of days, like maybe in the 40s. Yeah, this is not a weather podcast. Though. No, but I, <laughs> I, you know what? Sometimes I, I'm with you. Sometimes yeah. when I listen to podcasts or radio shows, I want the host just to get on with it because I don't really know them. And I don't know what day they recorded and I might be in a different town. Correct. But yeah. then sometimes I, I kind of like when hosts talk a little bit about themselves. I, and I do too. And I do too. We're not really celebrities, though, so I don't know if anyone cares. So the the last <laughs> the last episode we recorded, we talked about um, the show. Uh, what was it? Spider Man. Spider Man. Turn off the dark. Turn off into the dark, into the night, go away. Into dark. And I asked at the end of that podcast, or at the end of that episode, if anyone was still listening to emails. We heard from nobody. Okay, nobody's <laughs> listening to this. All right, fantastic. No, we heard from one person. Well, they and to be even fair, they even said. When they listen back, they might not even be listening live, sure. which is fine. Yeah, that's good. You oh, can yeah. totally go on WQLN.org and listen to the stream of it um, due to regulations with you know copyright. We can right. only have one episode up per week, Yeah, um, but you can catch us live at 9 p.m. on Sundays. How about that? Which, if, if you're not, then that's appropriate and that's helpful. And if you are, good for you. Mom. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Mom. We actually got to a point, was it this past Sunday, where you were like, let's, let's listen to ourselves. I'm like, no, I really don't want to. I, I've got to spend an hour and a half doing this. Listening then, to then, me. And then re-editing and everything like that. Yeah. So, I no, I'm not a huge fan of doing that. Even, okay. I, even I don't listen to our shows. <laughs> you didn't even email I us. Can't, how can I ask the <laughs> listeners to do that if I don't even want to? That's true. That's true. Wow. Don't, what are I we don't. saying about ourselves? I wish I wish we could hire an editor. That's that's tedious work to, to edit audio. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Thank goodness you do it. Luckily, we we sort of have a template that we use. We oh, use yeah. GarageBand, and it's there's very little now that we need to do. But at first, it was like, oh man. All right. So last week we got into the superhero mode. Superhero mode, and now we're going into the monster universe. The monster mash. <laughs> we're doing the monster mash. And if that's not your pick for the, the end song, it should be. Oh, no. Oh, I haven't thought about I it. I have one, and I think you'd be proud of my thought process. Okay. How I got All there. right. But before. Well, you have, to t- you have to tune into the end to hear what our last song is. That's correct. Patrick always picks a song that has nothing to do, A, with musical theater, <laughs> or B, really, the show itself. It has a loose tie, loose a loose connection. It's very, very It's friendly. usually very entertaining how he how he gets there. <laughs> we encourage him, we give him a cookie, you know. Num, num, num. Yeah. But before we can even get to the end of the show, we have to get through the start of the show. And as we mentioned today, we are listening to Dracula the Musical by Frank Wildhorn. Uh, music and lyrics by Wildhorn uh, with a book by Don Black and Christopher Hampton. 
originally premiered in 2001, came to Broadway in 2004, and then has since had some success. I, I probably should backtrack and say it was not very successful well, when it first came it, out. It, well, it was very successful when it first premiered in San Diego. But when it made it to Broadway, that's yeah. where the problems began. Yeah, and and this is Wildhorn we're talking about. So we've discussed before, maybe not in detail, but Pimpernel oh, yeah. and Jekyll and Hyde and Civil War. And there's always something mm-hmm. with Wildhorn musicals. Absolutely. There's always rewrites and different versions and songs cut and songs added. Uh, and and he picks material that I think is fun. Pimpernel is a great story. I love well, Pimpernel. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that Pimpernel, when it was in pre-production, was very popular as well. And then when it got, by the time it got to Broadway, it, it struggled a little it, bit. It ha- the, he has a cult following. Oh, absolutely. And they people that will follow him no matter what, but there are always like, there's significant script rewrites for Jekyll and Hyde that when I had started listening to the Broadway cast recording and then learned about the songs that were even cut from that and then the revisions that had to happen for the version that was released for community theaters, there's just always something yeah. with his shows. Like yeah. You never really hear of a show that you go, fantastic show, no problems. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> no notes. Uh, Wonderland we talked about. Yes. That was a Frank Wilder yes, yes, yes. Also did not do well. Now this this also had productions. <laughs> so he's he's not going for quality; he's going for quantity. Well, you can't even say that. <laughs> no, like, you're right. You're right. He's not even turning them out like Lloyd Webber is. But this did move to Europe for a couple of productions in like 2005, 2007. Those were very well received. Oh, okay. Maybe because Transylvania's closer, and they they understand it more. Sure. Who knows? Okay. Um, and then in terms of recordings, this is very interesting because. Like his other shows, he had some recordings that were concept albums, and then the Austrian cast released theirs. There was a demo recording, and and then there was like an eventual studio album that was released probably ten years after this started. It's a lot of information right right up front. Yeah, it is. Well, so here's a question for you, and I don't know this about about our uh, our our Frank. Wildhorn. Our Frank. Our Fry. Our Frank. The score. The score provider and lyrics. Um, does uh, Does Frank Wildhorn traditionally do overtures? Yes. Yeah. From okay. what I From what I know, sure. Yeah. yeah. Is there an overture to this one? Well, the first song that we are going to hear today is called Prologue. All right. So we should play <laughs> the overture from Bugs Bunny to get into this. <laughs> overture that could be our new theme song no i do love i do love ghost light yeah Yeah. we're off the rails already i apologize everybody we're only seven minutes in. it's been a day let's get started yeah with the studio cast recording did i say that right yeah okay of dracula the musical and this is the first piece called prologue Thank you. 
first kiss, my thoughts turn love it when a song fades out <laughs> they choose not to end it but no they button. choose they didn't know what to do no button no this button is probably needed. a fade and segue into new scene Segui. i have a couple of things to comment about okay this go first ahead song number one patrick was actually just saying prior to us listening to this song uh how some of the Frank Wildhorn performers repeat. Yes. And that's that's very true for I think a lot of composers. Oh, absolutely. Film directors, right? You you get used to working with somebody and you, you like think that they're great. Mm-hmm. You think, oh my God, I've got a new project. Would you be interested? You're working at the same time with them, right? I can see why he loves Kate Schindel now. Me too. Especially with <laughs> Wow. Especially with this recording. Hello, hello. Because who does she sound a lot like in this opening number? I, I don't know. Who is the person I always say on the show? Oh, uh, Linda Etter. Linda Etter, who was Frank's, obviously, <laughs> wife. They are now divorced. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, my God, did I... like? I've listened to Kate a ton in Wonderland, and I don't know why it didn't dawn on me then that she really resembles Linda Etter's voice. Wow. And wonderful. I mean, they're both wonderful. Yeah. Um, but also, my other comment was, wow, they're really going hard on the pop ballad this early in the show. Yes. Like, yes. they're just talking about their first kiss, and they're just like... It is 11 o'clock, 80s. Here's my question. Pop ballad time. Pro- prologue to Dracula and not one person said, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I, I think that this is a different kind of Dracula. Okay. All I right. think this this tried to be very serious. Uh, and I'm not really missed, sure. Missed, missed an opportunity there. What's that? Blah, blah, blah. Well, blah, there's blah. actually right now, there is a <laughs> a show off Broadway that is a, is a comical Dracula. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I really want to see it. I can't right, think of the name right go. now. I'll look it up in the, in the break, but- uh yeah, try to be serious, and I'm not really sure. <laughs> thinking of any movie or musical that's tried to adapt Dracula that's done it well. Yeah, that's I difficult. mean, you and I recently watched Interview with the Vampire, mm-hmm. which we isn't sure did. isn't really Dracula at all. It's no, it's, I mean, 
it's uh, really. Tom Cruise <laughs> and Brad Pitt. No, it's nothing to do with Dracula. And then I, I recently watched the updated version of, of that on TV. On um, I think it's on HBO. And it was excellent. That mm-hmm. was even better than the film, which the film is dated. But I'm trying to think, have we, have we ever... I don't think we've ever seen the really popular Dracula films... It's well. I mean, there are so many. Um, what was the one with Keith Sutherland back in the back in the day? Oh God, is that the Lost yep, Boys? Lost Boys. Yeah, that but was again, really. Again, is good. that specifically Dracula? No, we're gonna look this up. No, not really. I just don't think it's ever that successful. Partially because the plot sort of rests on the fact that we're to believe that this woman, this un, this woman, <sighs> Mina Harker, falls in love. With, with Dracula and that there's a reason why she's drawn to him and he's a murderer. Like, how are we supposed to, to figure that one out? How is there supposed to be a love triangle when is there anything redeeming about him? And usually he's very evil. Usually he's very despicable and diabolical. But isn't he also, like, women love him? They feel, they, they think he's kind of hot? Well, that's, you know, that helps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that helps a lot. But as I was reading through the, the plot of this, I, I just kept thinking, like, how... How are we supposed to believe that she's going to leave her fiancé for this? Again, he's much more attractive than the other actor playing <laughs> her fiancé. But that's kind of where it always falls flat for me. Sure. I don't, I don't have the emotional attachment to the story. Um, and uh, as we'll learn later, the critics didn't either. They had some right. very, very, very harsh things to say about this show, about the performers, just about everything. So before we play our next song, I do want to update you all where we're at with the plot. Oh, there's a plot to this? As Patrick loves. See, I he always, loves it when I do this. I thought maybe this was the kind of show where you look in the mirror and realize there's no plot. Patrick, you're going to get a kick out of this. I can't wait. I'm going to try to summarize as best I can. In in most Dracula adaptations, there is Dracula, and then there is the central character of Jonathan Harker. In this version, he has traveled to Transylvania to strike a deal with Count Dracula who wants to buy a home in London. That's right. Okay. He's Dracula's realtor. Okay, okay. And so Harker visits with him, and then at some point sees that Harker has a picture of his fiance out and is like immediately drawn back to her, uh, ha- develops an instantaneous connection to her for whatever reason. And so there's there's been a couple songs cut from the original production till the studio recording. So actually what we just heard was prologue and also the song Over Whitby Bay. Sure. Kind of combined both yep. of them. Okay. But the first time that we get to hear Dracula sing is with the song Fresh Blood, which is what we're going Fresh to Fresh Blood. Which is what we're going to listen <sighs> to next. Uh and so as Harker is visiting Dracula uh, you discover that he has all of these "quote unquote" brides in his house. You know the brides of Dracula. Of course, yes. Of course, as you because they're so hot, like you do. Because he's so hot. And uh, so the brides start to kind of quarrel a little bit, and he <laughs> he kills one of the ones that's louder than the others. Yeah, yeah, you'll and have that. He ends up drinking a little bit of Harker's blood, and like you Harker do. escapes right. They're no longer friends. Wow. It wasn't a wasn't a great friendship. So this first song we're going to hear from Dracula is called uh, "Fresh Blood," and this this part is performed by James Barber. Shit. 
themselves from light. Can you not hear the secret music? I am the master the boyard. I summon them from near and far to make intoxicating music. But it's time now to leave them. I must follow my plan. I shall have to believe them. I need pastures new. What I'm needing is fresh blood to revive me. Fresh blood in my veins. No one will survive me in those dark souls. When I breathe your English air, I'll be a stranger everywhere. No one will recognize my features. I'll go out hunting all night long, just one more pale face on the throng, turning them all into my creatures. Here the people all fear me. Their defenses are strong. They refuse to come near me. I need pastures new. What I'm needing is fresh blood on my people. Don't call it a sin. A mere peccadillo. Just in the skin You and your Mina Will live forever You'll do my bidding You will taste the terror in the streets Blood's a meager sacrifice A most reasonable price For all the riches I am giving the children of the night, when we must hide ourselves from light, but we must feast upon the living. We can take our slow pictures, we, we won't run out of time. Inexhaustible treasures, London's full of them. I can sense it. Fresh blood to restore me. Why nights by the Thames? Fresh blood waiting for me. And Fairy Jekyll and Hydeish. That time. oh, that's exactly. Were you going to say that? Just about I'm so proud of that. you. No, there were, you can definitely tell the, the the you know he's. If you didn't know who wrote it, you could tell who wrote it just from that song. And and even the orchestration of it, like the piano, really harkens back. Get it, Harkin Harker, Jonathan uh, Harker, harkens back to. I think the concept recording of Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, and I hear it, it. Was that real '80s reverbery? piano but there's some themes in there that are very similar as well i mean there's oh, some yeah. motifs and stuff that are very very similar oh for sure i mean you, you there's similarities between all composers works and you know i think yeah but some are better than others at hiding it right uh angela weber yeah and <laughs> <laughs> i know you're such a big fan oh, such a big fan. sir, Lo- sir lord weber sir lord weber, weber. yes yes Getting back to the story, if there's a story, uh, you know, I know that we're, it, it's probably a little unfair for us to continually like tear apart some Broadway scripts, and you know, we couldn't do any better. We're, we're no, heavens, no. But uh, it, it is. It, 
<laughs> it is. I, I, I find it interesting to think through this as an audience member and to think like, would I be confused if all this stuff was happening? And, and does it make sense? Do I believe it? And that's, again, thinking about Dracula's connection to Harker just to have him bite his neck. And I, I don't know. They, they set it up something and then they completely take it away in one scene. And I'm, I'm not left to feel connected to any one character. Yeah. I mean, what, there, there's some kind of saying out there, but there's like only like four original stories in the entire world or something like that. So I think that, you know, when you're looking at like trying to come up with a, a story for Broadway, um, I mean, obviously we're, we're tapping into a, a, a novel that was written 18, 1897. So we're tapping into something that, you know, a storyline that that's been done and done and done. And then I don't know what, what, what Frank, thinks this is a good idea to tap into the story and do another rendition of it. I think if you're going to make him the villain, because I, I think some shows like this show try to make him sympathetic, and I think that's a, that's a fine angle if you can pull it off. But I think if you're going to villainize him, then it's got to kind of be over the top, right? If you're going to make him a horror sure. film, if you're going to make this a horror film or horror-like, Broadway show. then really go and do it and don't give us any means to even... I, I don't know. Sometimes when we do have great villains, we we like them more. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably where the problem lies is they try to make them both. They yeah. try to make him the villain, but also the hero. I just, like I said, I just, I don't understand why somebody takes a piece that's been done and done and done and done and done in parody. Oh yeah. I mean, look at Lincoln, <laughs> vampire Lincoln. And I mean, I just don't understand how you take that and think, oh, this would be a great show for Broadway. Has there ever been a Lincoln musical? Uh, it's his, his history with the theater is troubled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of is. So I don't know. How if do you enjoy wanna, the show, Mr. Lincoln? I don't know if we want to do that. Yeah. And I'm not gonna say the joke that I wanted to say, but I think you know what I want to say. I do. But okay. my 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 point though is like it's a very risky proposition for me to, to for someone to take something like this and try to make it successful without making some major changes to the story. Speaking of the story, let's get back into it. So I'm trying. Listen to another song. So basically, Dracula, he flies away, literally flies after drinking Harker's blood because they had a lot of flight effects. They, I didn't hear of anybody getting hurt oh, like no Spider-Man. But he flies away and he takes off to go to London. Meanwhile, uh, Harker goes back to his fiance, Mina, 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 sure, okay, with that. Mina. Um, and Mina has a friend named Lucy and Lucy's got a problem with sleepwalking. <laughs> yeah, okay. she sleepwalks at night. So what do you think happens? Dracula makes his way to London. He finds Lucy and then Mina appears and the count is like conflicted because he really wants Mina, but Lucy's there. And so then he basically says, fine, I am going to drink Lucy's blood, lures her away. And that is what leaves us at the next song called The Mist. What's that? You were going to ask a question. So many questions. Okay. So, um, when is is this a traditional Dracula story? When he drinks the blood, the person turns into a vampire. Well, there's a couple other steps to that. I mean, anybody that's oh. watched True Blood could know. Okay, you can't. It's not just that you drink their blood. You have to also then like give them your blood. Oh, and then there's like a whole waiting period. Oh, oh, <laughs> there's a test. Yeah, and okay. usually when you drink the blood, it's this real euphoric experience. Sometimes you have to be put back into the ground, and then you have to rise again oh, because, you know, gosh. there's a waiting That's period. not happening It's here. a cooling off period. That's not happening here. No, I think it does a little bit. Okay. I think that they did do that a little All bit. Right. Uh, in this case, in this recording, Lucy is performed by Lauren Kennedy, and again, this song is called The Mist. 
Very 80s video game-esque. Absolutely. I heard the flutes and I thought, it's Super Mario 64. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. Everybody's just, they're yearning. There's so much yearning going on in this show. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, I hear it. Now, interestingly enough, this this cast that we're listening to is, like I said, it's the studio cast, but there, there were other just amazing performers that were in the original Broadway uh, production, and I just want to kind of mention a couple of them right now. First of all, Dracula was played by Tom Hewitt. Uh, I I remember him from when he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Melissa Errico was Mina, 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 Mina. <laughs> and she was the one that just came to Mercyhurst in September oh, and okay. performed, and she, she did like a jazz cabaret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren Ritchie was Jonathan Harker, and he, if you remember back to our Wonderland episode, he was uh, Jack, and he was um, also the, uh, Alice's or yeah, Alice's husband in that production. Okay. A couple other names: Kelly O'Hara was Lucy. I remember that name. And there was a very we'll talk about that in a second. There, this production was known for a nude scene in which Miss Kelly O'Hara took part in. 
Are we allowed to talk about that? I, I think we're allowed to discuss it. I mean, we're. I was just going to reference an interview she gave about it. Go on, I want to hear this. I, well, we'll get to it. I, I have it on. It's on my list. Okay. Okay. All okay. right. Sorry. There's a, there's okay. an order. Okay. 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 Uh, Don Stevenson was Renfield. We haven't met Renfield yet, but we will. Who have we met? We've met uh, Mina, 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 Lucy, Dracula, and Harker. Okay. We've only met four people. All right. Just check. And and some brides. That right. wailed in the background. Yes. Okay. And and like you said, there there are definitely performers that repeat. So like I said, Darren yeah. Ritchie was in Wonderland. And then this studio cast recording, we have James Barber as Count Dracula. We have Kate Schindel as Mina. Mina, Mina, Mina. She was also in Wonderland and Jekyll and Hyde. Rob Evan, Jonathan Harker, he also was in Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, we have Norm Lewis. Yes. We have not heard Norm yet, but he's coming up. He's, okay. he's got two parts. Oh, he's, he's Van Helsing and John Seward. Oh, he's important. He's important. Lauren Kennedy, also a repeat performer. She's Lucy. Ewan Morton plays Renfield. And that's all we've got for the studio recording. Okay. There's a couple other parts that were cut. But fun fact about Ewan Morton, do you know who his son is? You'll never guess who his son is, but it's somebody right now. He's a young performer on TV, got famous interviewing people for Broadway, and then got a really high-profile child role in a sitcom it's not really so much a sitcom is it i don't know Not in front of a studio audience yeah i don't know but it's based on a sitcom who is it ian armitage who plays young sheldon oh how about that's his son yeah cool little fact for you that is kind of cool so yeah we've we've got a lot of repeat uh offenders repeat offenders (laughs) for uh frank wildhorn musicals yeah and our next song goes back to one of those performers. We're going to hear from Kate Schindel again. This song is called A Perfect Life. And at this point in the show, she is sort of uh, reflecting on her relationship with Harker, but also her surprising attraction to Dracula. Sailing into endless night. 
things wrong A perfect life The kind you dream of Waits for me And yet, and yet I fear I might Be sailing into endless night We'll soon If you're wondering how this could have happened so quickly, we are, after all, in only song four. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was pretty, though. Mina has decided to go and marry Harker in Budapest because he's gone away and yet is struggling with this attraction to Dracula very, very quickly. Yeah. We get this out of the way pretty quick. Yeah, I'm okay Love with triangle it. established, right? And... uh then then things start to unravel and we get kind of vampire-y, right? Because then Lucy decides, I'm going to also marry one of my suitors in London. And for whatever reason, because he feels like Mina has eluded him, Dracula appears before Lucy at her wedding and makes her faint. So at this point, they start realizing that there's a problem. Okay. We have a vampire in our midst. And they decide to call upon renowned vampire hunter, expert, Abraham Van Helsing. Not the version played by Hugh Jackman. Not Abraham Lincoln. And not Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Very good movie. Yes, thank you. Um, Actually, one of the better ones, but yes. I agree. I agree. Van Helsing decides that we are going to completely redo Lucy's room with garlic and crosses and holy water in an attempt to hopefully help her get over this, this connection to Dracula. Unfortunately, Lucy kind of wakes up and goes, yeah, no, I really want the count. She goes to find him. He drains her blood while feeding her all of his own. I also happen to mention Renfield, and we haven't really really talked about him yet. That's just because that this uh, recording also kind of suffers from what some other recordings this happened with Spider-Man, whereas... The the plot does not follow the recording order of, of things, so I'm kind of hopping around a bit. But this is the order that it would be on the actual recording. Sure. Um, so Renfield is famously uh, Dracula's minion, and Dracula has promised eternal life to Renfield for being his lackey. Unfortunately, Renfield is in an insane asylum in London. The insane asylum is helmed by this Dr. Jack Seward, which is another one of the parts that... Norm Lewis plays. So he basically, like, in his visions, sees that Dracula is coming to London and is going to help him. So he does get a song. Do we know if this is a very set-heavy show? I mean, you're talking about a lot of locations here. I did see this, by the way. Oh, you did? I I think I should mention that. Do I remember anything about it? Absolutely not. I do recall that it was very dark on stage. The lighting was very poor. And that there there were flying things. In the air. I don't remember a single thing about it, though. Okay. I, I remember right. Melissa Erico having a beautiful wig. Um, <laughs> that's really it. <laughs> it was 2004, so it was 20 years ago. Yeah. But like, I remember specifics about seeing Wicked 20 yeah, years ago. right. I cannot recall anything that happened, even know, though I'm reading this plot. Do you know who saw the show with you? It was on one of the bus trips from the Playhouse okay. with David Matthews. Okay. It was All the right. first one I ever went on. Okay. We saw like six shows that that 
Did this one was not memorable. Was no. Okay. No, it wasn't. I and I I really wish I could remember what these things were like. So I what are we listening to out now? Out of my brain. What are we listening to next? Oh, this is called The Master Song featuring Ewan Morton as Renfield. Answered yes, was I unwise? Thus it began all the long preparation he needed for his plan. He cannot enter without invitation, and I was his man. That's why I always know what he's thinking. I always know when he's drinking, and from who when he slips in someone's room. Oh, yes. I always know who he's after I hear his triumphant laughter in my head When he finds some new well-bred undead He sails across the seven seas His ship cuts through the waves And when the crimson moon comes up He drinks the blood of slaves We have waited long for the master's song And it's time to join in the chorus Sing his song, sing it loud and strong And the master may give you new life Tell me who is this master? Isn't he a figment of your wild imagination? This is what we doctors call a morbid aberration I've seen this before can't speak of the master You must understand that all of this is confidential Take my word for it, preparedness is quintessential I'm ready, I'm ready And soon I'll be free I'll be free The schooner runs before the storm The crew is all below The captain fights to steer a course The master strikes him so Trust me, I always know what he's thinking I always know when he's sinking Those sharp teeth, I know where to send three Master, they think a lot door prevents you You're on your way, I can sense you Through the window, through the grating Through the floorboards, through the fanlight Comes the mist and the alchemist Master, they think a locked door prevents you I must go on with the work that I'm committed to. How can I not when my theories are true? There's Jekyll and Hyde again. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the fact that this song ended with the obligatory uh, crazy laugh. 
I believed it though. Yeah. Didn't you believe? Oh, I thought he was crazy. I yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But you, you can't have it's a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. You can't have that without the laugh. And you know, you know, that's actually you're, you're making me realize something about Jekyll and Hyde as I'm well. Very sorry. Is no, no, no. I loved it. I would. I, it's one of my favorite shows, top five of all time. Um, I. I'm thinking about the plot of Jekyll and Hyde and how they really try to get you to feel like Lucy's really attracted to Hyde, partially because he's hot. Yeah, you know, he's Easy. got long hair Careful and it's greasy. It's, he's not as attractive as Dracula. If we're sure. gonna if we're gonna compare, but there is that attempt to make you feel like she's conflicted because she has this attraction to Hyde. Can't be explained. He's he's worse than Dracula, really, because yeah. Dracula is really. He's coming through. Like, he is showing up. He's doing the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He He's attempting to say, like, to Mina, 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 that really loves her. Hasn't felt this way about anybody in centuries. Whereas <laughs> Hyde is just a murderer, and there's really nothing redeeming about him except that he's he's got a connection to Lucy. So at least with, with Dracula, we have he's got that going on for him. But it, it, it's, another, it's another love triangle that Wildhorn tries to set up that has moderate success okay mid to moderate do we success. know is frank married he was to linda etter oh right 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 but i believe he had another fiance another singer surprisingly not surprisingly hmm. uh i believe her name was brandy i can't think of her last name right oh. now but she brandy <laughs> brandy i was curious because you know usually when these people they have these mentalities you know I I just curious if he had luck in love or if this was his if he was they living if he was living out some 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 I don't know like what a say. muse type thing. Well, if he's living out his life through musicals because this is <laughs> this is the kind of life he wants. He was to actually live. a vampire. Yeah, is what you're much, saying. Pretty yes, much, he yeah. was. I know that he and Linda had a son because there were songs written about him okay. about the son. But it, that's been years since they've been together. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't talked to him lately. Well, give him a call. <laughs> Our next song is going to feature James Barber once again as Dracula, and this is called Loving You Keeps Me Alive. Loving you keeps me alive Think again before you leave me His love cannot be as true As the love I offer you You're wasting time pretending you belong with him Come to your senses Loving you keeps me alive I'll be in your heart forever And you'll be a part of me From now till eternity You've talked yourself into believing he's the one Such wild pretenses The first time I set eyes on you I knew I'd never be the same I never knew I'd get such pleasure Whispering your name If loving you keeps me alive Then how can leaving me be right? Turn back and let me love you Stay with me and let us dance into the night 
All right, I take it back. If a guy <laughs> came and sang that to me, just the I, last note, just the last note, even, yeah. yep, absolutely, just held it for sixteen counts, then cut off. I would, I would be in love with him. Sure, I guess for it. sure. Yeah, it helps that James Barber's got an incredibly gifted voice. Yeah, I'm, I am sitting right here. Just Hi, Patrick. Hi there. How long have we been married? Hi. I don't know if that. What, what were you trying to do? The note. Oh. Hi. Oh, you're falsettoing it. That's a choice. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> now, I mentioned a bit ago that in this production, there was a little bit of nudity. Yes. Uh, and that was... That, now I'm intrigued. Now, I, I knew that'd be the, the hook for you to get into this show. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Patrick. I'm here. And this, this nude scene was performed by the lovely Kelly O'Hara, and... In, in an interview, she sat down with Broadway.com and they, of course, you know, brought up the the nude scene and that she agreed to do it. And she she talks a lot about how like the direct she really trusted the director and felt like that it, it would bring something to the story if she was nude. If she wasn't. Doing I know it just... that you feel that way about any story. <laughs> it brings it brings a lot. It to really the story. helps you understand. I don't think it we can talk about this. And. They they asked her, you know, how are you able to do this night after night, feeling comfortable? How well, do you get through it? And, and again, I don't want to go down a road where we can't go. But when we say nude scene, do we mean topless or do we mean the whole kit and or caboodle? Well, I, I'd say that I post the article on our Facebook page. That's kind of a weird that. thing to say. Yeah. We're not going to do that. No. But I, I encourage you to read about it. It's it's not, it's not, I don't remember there being nudity when I saw but this. Do, did you hear my question? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I asked. <laughs> what, I did hear what you said. What kind of nudity? I said I don't know. You didn't say that. You I said, said I don't gonna... know. It doesn't say in the article. Okay. <laughs> I was listening. I know, I know. I was curious if it was just topless or if it was nude. I don't know. I want to know. These are things I have to to figure it out yourself. These are things I'm going to have to know. But, but she and she. I want you to understand. She plays Lucy, not Mina, 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 Mina. Right. She plays Lucy. Does that make a difference? What? What? If it whether she's topless or totally nude. It doesn't say. Okay. I don't know. You're moving on. I'm moving okay, on. Okay, good. Um, but she does say that that when she when she was nude on stage, I'm assuming nude. Okay. I'm assuming fully nude. That there was only two other people of two other of the other actors. One was Tom Hewitt who played Dracula. The other was Stephen Henderson who was Van Helsing. And she said that they were very very polite and that <laughs> even sorry, sorry. even with <laughs> what do you what nothing go on. Continue. You're interrupting my flow. Go on, flow. Um, she was saying like how the the one would actually stand off stage, and that when when he's getting ready for his entrance, he actually closes his eyes Aww. to make her feel more comfortable. I uh, I've never ever had to be approached to do this. I hope I never do because I don't know what I'd say. I don't think that there is any show that would be coming up in our area. <laughs> Guys and dolls. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new version. Take off the mink. Uh, yeah, what other what other shows would there be inappropriate nudity in? Well, hair, hair, and famously, did we have that here? Oh yeah, we did. did? Yeah, how about uh, Wit? That's right. Wit had a totally nude scene that That's the Playhouse right. did. Um, I'm trying. What else there would be? That I mean, that's that's more mainstream and not. I mean, there's tons of shows out there that have nudity. Don't get me wrong. There are a ton of shows out there. But, we, just, we just saw Saltburn. <laughs> that's not much of a of a Broadway show, but yes. I was just saying, it was the, f- the freshest thing in my mind. I don't think we can talk about that We either. should keep going. Whew. 
Anyway. Anywho. So, 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 do we know when this takes place in the story? This next song or the nudity? <laughs> You're no, right. You're right. Patrick, Move on. How much? How many times have I said it? I do not remember okay. this experience. I think I blacked out. Okay. During the show, right. I do not recall. Okay. I do not. So recall. where are we in the musical? We are almost at the end of Act One. My goodness. And we're almost at the end of Act One for ourselves too. How about that? So maybe we can keep talking. <laughs> Make this all work out. <laughs> but we can't talk about what we've been talking about. Let's move on. Let's just move along because you just keep asking the same question. I am I'm sick very of it. curious. I'm sick of it. No. Let's talk a little bit about Kelly O'Hara, even though I'm trying to get off the topic of That's conversation. That's fine. No, we can do that. That's fine. Uh, she, is, she is just one of the best performers I've ever seen or listened to. Yeah. In- She's right now working uh, on a musical with Brian Darcy James, if I'm not mistaken. What's that? I just had it up, and I don't have it up anymore. But it's something that the two of them are working on together. That they're, I think, they're help writing as well. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we all know it. that. I mean, she's just got one of the most beautiful soprano voices in in all of Broadway. And not only the the thing about her that's crazy is that she has been expanding from Broadway over the past, I think, 10 or so years, because obviously very, very well known for Light in the Piazza, South Pacific, nice work if you can get it, Bridges of Madison County, Kiss Me Kate, Pajama Game, The King and I, I could go on and on and on and on. But Miss O'Hara made her debut at the Metropolitan Opera in 2014 in a production of The Merry Widow. And then she's gone on to do other things. Uh, she was in a production of Cosi Van Tutte in 2022. Oh, she came flute. back and she was she appeared as the character of Laura Brown in the adaptation of The Hours. And if you hear any clips of that, it's just it's just remarkable what she can do with her voice. She's just absolutely stunning. She's also been on TV most recently in my one of my favorite shows of late, The Gilded Age. And the the big thing growing up that I remember hearing about her was she took voice lessons at in college with the same teacher who taught Kristen Chenoweth. Okay. That was like the big, ooh, did you hear that they're they're both, you know, studying with the same person? Yeah. And I mean, and I'm I'm just this is just the tip of the iceberg. She's done so many other things that I don't have time to get into. Yeah. Um, and I, I found I found the article that I was I was that? referring to. So last year, um, in the summer, she and Brian Darcy James working on Days of Wine and Roses. Ooh. It was off Broadway by Adam Gutel. Yeah, he did Light in the Piazza. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they were working on. And also another tie into Frank Wildhorn, if you have the luck of yeah, <laughs> owning the DVD of Jekyll and Hyde, which I do. Miss O'Hara, Miss Kelly O'Hara, appears in that as an ensemble member. And she's got a couple of solo lines. So if you've never noticed that? that, go back and watch it. But we're getting to the end of our act. So we're going to finish our first act and and the first act of Dracula with the final song, Life After Life. And this is when, this is just hap- happens after Dracula uh attacks Lucy and has drained her blood and then decides to to turn her into a vampire. How did this and fail? He's going to be part of his new dynasty <laughs> and he flies away as a huge bat off the stage. So here again is James Barber with the song Life After Life. <laughs>
isn't a funeral, it's more of a christening. There's no need to wear black. This is just what I came here for, and the war is begun. I'm creating my dynasty. Before London belongs to us Every night someone new Every victim a midnight feast They will fall one by one
Welcome back to the second act of Ghost Light. Here we are, friends, with Act 2 of Frank Wildhorn's Dracula. We've certainly had a good time with Act 1, kind of discussing the plot, the characters, the, the failings, the, the, the good things about Frank Wildhorn's music, and now we're finally into Act 2. So quick recap. We have Jonathan Harker and his fiancée, Mina Harker. I did look it up in the break. It's Mina. I was I was very afraid to keep saying it wrong, and it's Mina, but I did like saying Mina, 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 Mina. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. So Jonathan Harker and his fiancée, Mina, have escaped the clutches of Dracula, only to have Dracula turn around and convert Mina's friend Lucy into a vampire, and at the end of Act 1, he she is put into a coffin, and Dracula flies away as a large bat into the night, you know, like you do when you're confronted with conflict. So at the start of Act 2, the the group of vampire hunters, Mina and Jonathan Van Helsing, they all kind of gather. They've been hearing rumors that there have been children abducted in the area, and they're very suspicious that this could potentially be Lucy. So they go to her tomb, they go to her coffin, and uh, they they discover that she has been the one doing this and she is sort of no longer herself so unfortunately the group gets her back in the coffin and they drive a stake through their heart and van helsing decapitates her so that's pretty final you you probably are pretty dead at that point mina at this point is basically saying to, to count dracula I can't love you. You've killed my best friend. And he argues, no, I didn't actually kill her. It was actually the vampire hunters that killed her on a technicality. But I just gave her eternal life. So, you know, if you want to mince words, that's your thing. But she's still drawn to him. Can't understand why she's drawn to him. But does issue the ultimatum that says, don't make me love you unless you really love me. Which is what I told Patrick when we were, you know starting to date and so she gets to sing a lovely little song that is called please don't make me love you and once again this is kate Schindel. there's only so much that a heart can take before it starts to break please don't make me love you please don't make me need you I've no room in my life for something like this please don't take my mornings my summers I know they will vanish the moment we kiss I grow weak when we talk I'm confused when we touch I should just walk away but that's asking too much please don't make me do this please don't make me want this oh my dreams were taken until I met you. You're the one I think of soon as I awaken. Funny how the heart 
tells the mind what to do I'm not sure I can go through all the joy and the pain Much better not to let these dreams take the light Please don't make me love you Please don't make me need you Simplify my life just by Setting me Remember that fun thing that studio recordings often do? They sort of jump around. That's what's going to happen right now. I'm going to have to take you a little farther into the plot of Act 2 and then kind of backtrack because, again, this song is probably 80% towards the end of the show. And unfortunately, they, they've moved it back a little bit sooner on the studio recording. So we're going to get another chance to hear Rob Evan. He's playing Jonathan Harker. And this next song is called Before the Summer Ends. And again, I'm kind of having to, to leap ahead because what, what happens, to sum up for you, I don't need to go into every detail about it, but basically Dracula's connection to Mina gets stronger and stronger and stronger to the point of where she basically invites him into their house. He puts Jonathan in a trance while he seduces Mina. They share a moment. He almost gets to convert her into being a vampire, but then the vampire hunters arrive and they chase him away. And Mina now realizes that like her connection to him is so deep that it could be that her soul is completely lost forever. And she makes all the vampire hunters and her husband promise that if it seems like her soul is beyond saving, that they will kill her. So this next song, Before the Summer Ends, is a direct reaction to all of that. And again, we're going to get to hear from Rob Evan. Give my promise A terrifying promise It's not the kind of promise Made every day To desecrate a temple To trample on a flower To catch a butterfly And then just tear off its wings It's worse than all of these things To dim the sun before the summer ends To burn the castle down before the princess is awake To kill a love when it's still so alive I could not do it My heart would Given her my word, and if the time should come, I will do what I must. How could I? To dim the sun before the sun. 
Now, here's a really fun sort of trivia, because we're going to get a song next that's called The Heart is Slow to Learn. So if you're playing along with me, you see where my, my head is going. This title of this song made me immediately think of Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I went down a rabbit hole because The Heart is Slow to Learn was the name of an Andrew Lloyd Webber song. I think he wrote it back in the late 90s very famously performed by Kiri Tikanawa, the opera singer. And at the time and, and, and since then, he's been criticized because it sounds a lot like Puccini. And, and he's somebody that's often been, you know, pointed fingers at because some of his melodies sound just like other opera pieces. So there's a song, The Heart is Slow to Learn. So then if you do some research about this song, you realize that he repurposed that melody for another song in this version the song was called another kind of love or i'm sorry our kind of love this was written for the 2000 musical the beautiful game lyrics by ben elton reusing again the similar melody and then of course one of my favorites hannah waddingham very famous for ted lasso she performed it because she was in the original london production of the beautiful game and had a single out of it and that's where my brain went through all of that. Thanks for following me along on that journey. I appreciate it. Uh, if you're wondering where Patrick went, I am too. I just started recording for Act 2 and he was nowhere to be found. So here I am continuing into uh, the rest of the story of Dracula. So let's keep going. Let's continue on with The Heart is Slow to Learn, featuring again Kate Schindel. <laughs> Why give in to the lore that calls from everything forbidden? What attracts us to the night and crushes us, however hard we fight? It seems the heart is slow to learn. to do It never learns from its mistakes What twists and turns it puts us through Oh yes The heart is slow to learn So every lesson is in Dismissing all the doubt inside me For the heart is slow to learn No one can tell it what to do It never learns from its mistakes That's why it finally breaks and overpowers 
It's Norm Lewis time. It's Norm Lewis time. I promised this in Act 1, and, and now he's here in Act 2. He's playing Van Helsing, if you're keeping score. And uh, currently, Mr. Norm Lewis is appearing in a production of Children of Eden at Lincoln Center. Uh, he's part of a production that also features Nikki Renee Daniels, Daniel Weber Jr., Lucas Pastrana, and Ali Cravalho. Uh, quite the cast. And uh, he's someone that I have just absolutely adored for, for several years. Uh, I'm very sad that I never got a chance to see him do Sweeney Todd at the Barrow Street Theater off-Broadway. Uh, but again, he he's somebody who's just got just the most beautiful voice. If we have time later, I'd love to play a couple songs from his albums that he's recorded. Obviously, um, just most recently, I think, was a part of the live version of Jesus Christ Superstar on NBC. Um, has done Love Never Dies, has done The Phantom, let's start there, has done Phantom of the Opera, but also in 2023 did Love Never Dies on the West End. Uh, Tons of other things. Scarlet Pimpernel, The Who's Tommy, Once on This Island, The Little Mermaid, Showboat, and of course, Les Mis. So this next piece that we get is from Van Helsing, and this is called Deep in the Darkest Night. Nothing can stand in our way Since we are facing the forces of darkness We must be the cold light of day We are the lanterns that burn in the lighthouse The candles in the crypt We are the light Let there be light This is a war and we must be the victors There's too much to lose if we fail the seas like a band of crusaders searching for some precious grail. We are the embers that glow in the winter, the diamonds in the mine. Let's take our torches and pray God will show us a sign. Deep in the darkest night, when there's no spark of hope, we must be Hey. 
this point in the show dracula realizes that you know they've had some laughs and some good times and so he's fully in love with mina at this point and uh gets to sing a really beautiful song there are there are some really beautiful melodies in this show it's just it to me at least it seems like every song is is the 11 o'clock number right everything seems so important you don't really get a chance to develop that with recordings like this where it everything feels like it's 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 the the biggest number of of the recording. Uh, so we're gonna keep going on with the longer I live, featuring again James Barber as Dracula. I've seen so many sunsets in my life I should know everything there is worth knowing But since I saw your face I don't know where I am There's no map that can show me where I'm going The
A lot of things start happening in the show that kind of takes it down to its resolution. So at this point, Mina has made Jonathan promise that if she gets so into it with Dracula that he will end her life. And so they figure out that Mina has a connection with Dracula, almost like she can read his mind. She knows where he is. So Van Helsing uses this to uh, find where Dracula is at the moment. They track him to his castle. And they uh, have a kind of a showdown with him and his brides. They're back. They've come back. And they try to keep Mina safe. They put a protective ring around her, holy water, all that stuff. But she is so called to Dracula that she has now decided that she is going to be with him. She's going to be a vampire. But then Dracula starts to realize that as his brides are dying around him, that if he were to make her a vampire, that would be her fate too. And because he's truly in love with her, he decides that the only way she can be saved is if he were to be killed. So that's what he asks of her. He asks her to to kill him. So she retrieves a knife from one of the vampire hunters and uh, she she kills him. And the show ends with with Mina holding Dracula in her arms as her husband looks on. I'm sure he's real thrilled at that point that that's, that's what's happened. So we, we get, we get just two more songs here in the show. We have at last, which we're going to hear from Kate Schindel and James Barber once again.
You might have thought that was the end of the show. No, you're going to get one more song. We have one final song on the studio recording. And this is going to feature, again, Kate Schindel and James Barber. And this is aptly called Finale slash There's Always a Tomorrow. I step across the line for you. I plunge myself in mortal sin. I sacrifice my soul to be your bride I give in to the feelings I can't hide I leave my guilt behind Who cares if love is blind? This certainty is bliss At last I know my mind We'll live our lives and then We'll live them once again There's always a tomorrow There's always a tomorrow
And that was Dracula, Frank Wildhorn's Dracula. What do you think? Had you ever even heard of it before? What do you think of it now? Are you are you intrigued to listen to more Frank Wildhorn or are you turned off by it? Uh, I personally have always been a fan of Wildhorn just because I grew up with it. And I think that really kind of influences what you feel about a certain composer. Um, this, this hit me right when I was around 14, 15 years old, and it was Jekyll and Hyde was probably the only recording in my CD player at the time, because back then we had CD players. And I, the, that was sort of the gateway musical into Pimpernel. Kind of moderately got into Civil War. Only knew a couple of songs from there. Really more got into Linda Edder's albums, and those are definitely worth a listen if you have some free time after this. Who knows if you'll be up by 11 p.m. on Sunday night. Uh, but it's definitely an interesting uh, take on Dracula. I can't say that I'm walking away really kind of thinking about any one song. The voices are outstanding. There's no bones about it. You have some of the best voices in the industry on this recording. It just it's just that everything kind of felt the same to me. That's my personal take on it. Um, I'm not really tempted to kind of go back and listen to it again. Um, but he does write really well for the female voice. I've always kind of noticed that is that he does write some really awesome ballads for the female voice specifically and the male voice too. But at me as being a female singing female songs, that's where I kind of notice it. But I did say, I did promise you that if we had some time left at the end of today's episode, that we would listen to more of Norm Lewis. And I'm thrilled to announce that I have found his album, which was released in 2008. And we're going to listen to a couple of songs from that. But first, I mentioned prior in the show today that there was a off-Broadway production of a Dracula parody and I, I want to give you more details on that. This was called Dracula, A Comedy of Terrors. And unfortunately, it closed on January 7th. It does say on the webpage that they'll keep you posted when he takes his next bite, if it will tour, if it will go to Broadway. It was a 90-minute comedy. And what I appreciate about it is that it was a completely different take on it. They had actors playing several parts. They they were swapping genders. And actually, it just does, does me much better if I say what the tagline for the show was. And they described their show as filled with clever wordplay and anything goes pop culture references. It's a 90 minute gender bending, quick changing, laugh out loud reimagining of the gothic classic perfect for audiences of all blood types. This production starred Jordan Boatman, Arnie Burton, James Daly, Ellen Harvey, and Andrew Keenan-Bolger. 
And like I said, several of these actors were playing more than one role. In fact, James Daly, who played Dracula, that was his only part that he had to play. But Arnie Burton played Van Helsing and Mina Harker. Whereas Jordan Boatman played Lucy and others. Ellen Harvey played Dr. Westfeld, Renfeld and others. And Andrew Keenan Bolger played Harker and others. So my kind of show, I would have loved to have seen this. The, the videos that I saw on TikTok were very, very funny. Um, very sad that I, I've missed this one as well, but just wanted to fill you in. Let's keep on going to hear more from Norm Lewis. Back in 2008, he released a solo album called This Is The Life, full of songs, mostly from Broadway. And I'm just going to pick a couple today to, to feature. And the first one I'd like to share with you is the Before the Parade Passes By. I'm gonna carry on, give me an old 
trombone, give me an overton before the parade passes by. Before the parade passes by. Disney fans are going to be really excited for this next song. He laid down a track from Hercules, and this is Norm Lewis singing Go the Distance. I have often dreamed of a far-off place where a hero's welcome would be waiting for me where the crowds will cheer when they see my face and a voice keeps saying this is where i'm meant to be i'll be there someday i can go the distance I will find my way If I can be strong I know every mile Will be worth my while When I go the distance I'll be right where I belong my fate Though that road may wander It will lead me to you And a thousand years would be worth the wait It might take a lifetime But somehow I'll see it through And I won't look back I can go and I'll stay my track No, I won't accept defeat It's an uphill slope But I won't lose hope Till I go the distance And my journey is complete
I will face its harms Till I find my hero's welcome waiting in your arms Fans of the film Breakfast at Tiffany's will certainly get a kick out of this next song. It's Norm Lewis again singing Moon River.
I mentioned earlier in the broadcast that we listened to a song from Dracula that was called The Heart Was Slow to Learn. The Heart Is Slow to Learn. And it was also a song written back in the late 90s by Andrew Weber that had a melody that was reused again in uh, <laughs> another one of his uh, musicals. This was called The Beautiful Game. And the new song that he made is called Our Kind of Love. And this is performed by the aforementioned Hannah Waddingham. And again, this is from The Beautiful Game. Burns with a heat so hard to Be bolder, cling to my dreams. 
I used to be a teacher, so I'm all about showing you things. So you've heard the melody with that. I couldn't play you the the version with Kiri Tikanawa because there I haven't been able to find a recorded version. There are plenty of things on YouTube. But I can now play you the version from the, the sequel to Phantom of the Opera, Love Never Dies. And this is the title song, Love Never Dies, performed by Sierra Bogus. See if you can note the differences. takes on a life much bigger than your own. It uses you at will and drives you to despair and forces you to feel more joy than you can bear. Love gives you pleasure and love brings you pain. And yet, when both are gone, love will still
I'll never, ever understand how composers can do that and get away with it. But when you're Angela Weber, you get away with it. But we're at the end of our broadcast today. And if you've noticed, Patrick isn't here. He had to go for a work meeting and he left me to finish the show. But he did give me his final song, which is the theme song to the 80s film Transylvania 65000. Maybe he meant Glenn Miller's Pennsylvania 65000. We'll never know. He's not here. I think this is a much more fun song to play. So. Thanks for tuning in to Ghostlight. We'll see you next week and make sure that you send us your music re- recommendations to Kate and Patrick at wqln.org. This can't be happening. So much I can't explain. There's a logical explanation for everything. Five thousand.